You're now listening to the Better Off Dad podcast with Tim DeWald and Matt Bixenstein. Okay, welcome. Welcome to episode five of the Better Off Dad podcast, uh, known by our rabid fan base as the Bod Pod. They're rabid. Uh, we're now 120th of the way to our 100th episode spectacular. A lot of free giveaways coming up with that one. Uh, not really, but actually we might not even make it to that one because Matt is now in the doghouse after that comment you made to my wife on the way in to record this morning. Yeah, Matt Bixenson here with Tim Dewald, um, just to introduce ourselves to new listeners. Yeah. But um, yeah, so Tim and I like to go running uh, in the morning before we record and uh, Tim is doing some lovely landscaping in his backyard. Uh, kudos to him for, for that. Shout out to J. Miller Landscape Company. They're doing a hell of a job. Sponsoring the episode today. <laughs> but anyway, so we, um, I was uh, talking to um, uh, Tim's wife, Jill, from the porch uh, as we were leaving to go running. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I yelled something like, uh, looking great back there. And she threw me the funniest <laughs> look. So I said, you know, looking good in the back. <laughs> And that did not clarify it whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. so. Nice update to your backside. So you're just digging the hole even further to bring yeah. in another landscaping reference there as well. And, and then uh, Jill took uh, Mara on a on a nice uh, long walk, and so I haven't seen her since. So I have no idea where I stand with her, if I'm even allowed to go downstairs yeah. or if I need to leave quietly and never come back. I think you should maybe just consider rappelling out of our third story window here and just doing it that way. Yeah, it's it's been fun while it lasted. But, you know, 120th way to, to 100, it's, it's exciting. You know, I wish we could offer some sort of special deal like, Endure four episodes, and the fifth one will start to be a little more pleasing to the ears. <laughs> but we simply can't make that promise. And, you know, honestly, Tim, I'll, I'll probably be in a nursing home by the time we get to the 100th episode. Uh, so you have to tell me how the spectacular party went. Um, but on a brighter note, um, I saw that we recently surpassed uh, 500 all-time pod plays. Yeah. yeah nice milestone. So mm-hmm. we're certainly appreciative of everyone who's tuned in, um, even if that's simply just been my mother listening 500 independent times yeah and if you've got it on repeat in the background and you're just like you know we'll get eventually i think we get money if we have enough people listening to this thing so keep it going we'll kick some money back to you for sure yeah there's there's no shame for us so however you choose to listen um we are just completely fine with mm-hmm. um, a lot of people i've heard are, are falling to sleep to this it's like a white noise machine you know and they just turn it on in the background that's been one usage yeah however you find utility with with this with this uh <laughs> nonsense we're, we're spewing you know <laughs> But uh, anyways, I, I did want to also offer an apology, um, as probably only our most loyal listeners may have noticed. Um, we're, yeah, <laughs> we're a week late and uh, a dollar short, for that matter, <laughs> with this fifth episode. And uh, we fell off our biweekly routine. And for that, I take full responsibility. <laughs> um, last weekend, we were supposed to record um, our fifth pod, but I went down to Columbus to partake in my old college roommate's annual beer pong tournament. Wow. And, you know, wouldn't you know it, I came home with a mean hangover which is rather embarrassing to admit as a dad who's pushing 40. I'm not yet 40, by the way, but, but pushing 40. <laughs> For the record. And I was ill-prepared to record and also had to, to uh, resume child um, parenting responsibilities and tap back in there. So thank you, Josh, for hosting yet another lovely beer punk tournament and um, for causing me to throw off our pod schedule. And thank you, Tim, for your uh, kindness and understanding. Uh, well, I, I have no kindness or understanding about anybody <laughs> voluntarily visiting Columbus, number one. Number two, well, the other thing I would say is, did you at least win the tournament? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, we weren't the I first team I have so out. many questions about how long does the thing last? It's like, an all day. Rules? When 16 was the first teams. One? 
double elimination. Wow. It's all outdoors, so it's 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 safer COVID that safe. way. Yeah. Um, COVID safe. No, by the way, heavy <laughs> drinking tournament. Yeah. No, no one's no one's drinking from the cups. Your yeah, the okay. cups are just water. Yeah. Um, it's poolside, so you can oh. you know the balls do fall in, into a pool. So that is a safer kind of beer yeah, pong. Chlorinated. Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were not the first team out. We sure as hell did not win. Um, came home with a, a hangover and a sunburn. Is there a losers bracket? There is, and we were in there um, after our first game. We, yeah. <laughs> we won a game or two in, our, in the losers bracket, and then then we met our met our uh, end. Do you get to choose what booze you play with? You do. Um, wow. Yeah, you choose a, a team name. You have a, a theme. Um, you know, to, you know, I was talking about the Burt shirt earlier. Um, I was um, my team was Burt and Ernie. We had. <laughs> Um, I had a, a unibrow drawn on me. Um, my partner had right a Frida Kahlo over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my partner had a rubber duck, which which I thought would be uh, good luck, uh-huh. but um, it just it just wasn't meant to be. Um, that drive back up seventy one with the hangover, having to to text him um, not while driving when I pulled over for a, a pit stop that I'm just not gonna do it. It, it was painful and. Um, Never again, Tim. Emotionally painful, or was it more the headache that was painful as a part of that? More the headache, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I also, we had, we talked, we'll, we'll come back to this subject on a later pod, but we both had our uh, block parties um, recently. We can talk yep. about this a little bit more later on if we yeah, want yeah. to. But it's a liquid rite of passage. It's big block party town here, and speaking of hangovers, I thought I would bring it up now because I was also battling one after that. Uh, we had the first hang, we had the first block party with Mara, and you know she went to bed at 7 o'clock, and I should have done that as well because I was quickly... Uh, we were talking about a little bit before shots come out late at night, everything else. So I was also nursing a hangover that weekend. So it's, it's totally fine by me that, uh, we didn't end up recording the podcast. Well, in, in that case, you know, I guess we're in the same boat, um, nice and fresh and ready to go, raring to go. And, um, thank you for coming back to us after our, um, absence. Yeah, um, we appreciate it very much. Yeah, what should we uh, dive into here? Well, coming up on the show today, we got uh, we got more of our chat with our first guest, Thomas Fletcher of Fletcher Studios. Uh, things we didn't get to in part one, how his children's drawings inspired him to create uh, the virtual reality game. That's uh, coming up. I actually haven't edited the interview that we're going to be playing in the show today, but I'm sure it'll be. It'll there, come right? together. Yeah, yeah. And I also insert my own extreme hatred of Facebook into a question about um, empathy and the way we all see the world. So it's, uh, it's super interesting. Uh, make sure you stay tuned to that. Yeah, and as easy it would be for me to, to pile onto the Mark Zuckerberg hate, I'll steer clear of that for now and instead just say this. Thomas was such a joy to talk to you. You know, I was telling um, Charlie about him, and he's now Charlie's second favorite Thomas behind, of course, Thomas the Tank Engine. So, uh, yeah, look, really looking forward to part two of our first guest interview. That's great. I'll also deep tease. Um, that's an authentic, from my television background, authentic terminology there, the deep tease of uh, our next guest that we're going to be recording with uh, soon which is the folks from a parenting resource called Fathering Together. Um, you can check that out, fatheringtogether.com. Um, we've got some of the founders of that um, parenting resource um, coming up that we're going to be recording an interview with. So stay tuned for that. It's actually, I feel like, another legit interview for us now. You know, we're like, we're making waves in the world. Yeah, it's at some point we're going to run out of uh, these, uh, these, these fine candidates. So please, if, if you'd like to um, come forward and be on our pod, you know, please do reach out. Uh, Tim's going to give you all the contact information because I sure as hell don't remember it. Yeah, betteroffdadpod at gmail.com. Betteroffdadpod at gmail.com. You can reach us in your course. You can also uh, follow us on social media as well. Instagram, we have a Twitter that we don't really use, and Facebook as well, betteroffdadpod. Um, 
So uh, let's talk a little bit about our kids. Uh, my uh, daughter has recently. Well, <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, they're not around <laughs> us right now. Uh, Mara has recently become absolutely enthralled with our beloved cat Theodore and spends a large portion of her days uh, just crawling around chasing him. That usually ends with her trying to fit uh, his entire tail uh, into her mouth, um, which has caused a little. Theodore has been a champ so far, but he's starting to. He's starting to the patience is wearing thin on that cat, yeah. Uh, and I think that they're they may be coming to a head at some point. Uh, I as as in addition to the cat, I am also becoming uh, adjusted to her newfound mobility. Matt, I have a quandary for you. Here's the let me give you the setup. Uh, I had to use a bathroom the other day, and bathroom breaks with parents happens to the best of us. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bathroom breaks when you're a parent. It's always like that. Like you're like get into like the track stance of like I'm gonna kid looks like they can't get into trouble for the next 35 seconds i'm gonna <laughs> run into the bathroom and try to get my business done and get out before they can find their way into anything uh so i jet into the bathroom do my business jill's working so she's not around um when i when i'm finished i open the door you know i have a i have a suspicion that my my kid is like sitting directly outside the door somehow positioning her temple right in the path of the door so i open it very slowly and I was dead right. Door bumps my kid in the head. Very softly. Okay? We're not talking bruising or anything, right? Um, so she starts crying. But I can't comfort her because I can't open the door any wider. So I'm sitting there with <laughs> the door open like three inches seeing her crying. And I'm like, you got to roll over here. You know? Like, am I supposed to break down the wall? Like, magic school bus myself through the plumbing and come out the in the basement and like run up and get her? I don't understand what you're supposed to do as a parent. Nobody teaches you these kinds of things. Yeah, that's a tricky one, Tim. And I think all those options sound reasonable to me. Um, <laughs> but since your daughter is in the 99th percentile, yeah, and, you know, true. as you were saying, thank, and you, for, thank you for pointing that out yeah, again. Very sturdy, very uh, Olympic yeah. bound. Yeah. <laughs> um, you could probably even consider just turning your body into a, a lightweight battering ram and just busting through that door. Mm -hmm. But in all seriousness, I think it might be worthwhile um, to practice some preventative medicine here. You know, keep a few toys in the bathroom and take her in there with you. Um, there's no need for you to feel self-conscious around your daughter. Um, after all, you are changing her diapers. That's true. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, going back to cats a little bit. Um, so, you know, you bring up Theodore and, mm -hmm. and their uh, interactions. And, you know, the saying has always been curiosity killed the cat. But it really should be is, is the cat killed because of curiosity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because once those kids antagonize enough. <laughs> yeah. It was the other day he actually, he's been she'll grab his fur like yank him to the ground all that kind of stuff and he just like shakes it off it's fine it's fine the other day she was going towards him and like had her hand out and he did do the cat like raised paw like get the fuck <laughs> back kind of a like indication right there so she may be uh she may be pushing her luck a little bit it's been a few episodes since i expressed my dis disdain for cats but um <laughs> i have a feeling that it's, it's coming to a head in my family because um my uh my lovely sister-in-law, Greta, who I mentioned just turned 30 Birthday. in the last yeah, episode. Congratulations, Greta. Yeah, so far the 30s are treating her well. But um, she, um, you know, one of the very admirable things she does is she fosters kittens for uh, mm -hmm. the APL, mm -hmm. um, which is wonderful, except that every single time she has a, a load of kittens over there, um, I'm terrified that one of those is going to end up um, in my house permanently. <laughs> and so right now um, her batch of I guess not batch. What litter is that? Yeah, litter of kittens. Um, <laughs> you really don't like cats at all, do you? <laughs> they um, they this time they're vegetable names. So um, you know, Charlie goes over there and visits them, and that we're gonna end up with uh, tomatoes gonna be here, or or maybe um, green pepper. We'll see. <laughs> but I'm gonna push it off as long as I possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> There's an entire cottage industry of like 
cat names and pet names on pet finder or whatever the source is online yeah. that have like weird names like henry the eighth and like all those <laughs> kinds of things so that's funny she's got vegetables in there yeah one of her prior litters was um all taco bell themed so she had like um i can't even think of what are the names of taste <laughs> it like uh like crunch wrap supreme exactly or something? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah it's been a while since i've been there but yeah. you, you get the gist yeah you know? right yeah <laughs> um but yeah so uh you know, on non-cat news, lots of happenings in my household as well the last few weeks. Um, we celebrated Lucy's uh, first birthday last week, uh, and that was really fun, you know, for both kids, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, for Lucy, you know, it actually made her fairly emotional um, because, you know, just I think for her, just the thought of, of Lucy losing her, her babyhood, so to speak. Right. Um, whereas for me, I, you know, I have more the mindset of, um, cool, let's, let's see what happens next. You know, how, yeah. how is she going to grow? So it's just kind of one of those interesting you know, dynamics, um, you know, just our, our different thoughts of yeah. reaching that milestone. Um, but we also, um, as a family, have made a couple big decisions of late due to the um, continued rise of the COVID Delta variant. Uh, most notably, we did opt to... There's a... What is... There's a there's a variant? There's a COVID? Thing oh, gosh. Don't on? don't yeah. get me started, Tim. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> we talked about COVID a few episodes ago, and a lot has changed since that time. It's crazy how much it continues to adapt and stay around us and stay with us. And we were talking before the podcast, before we started recording, it's like, especially because of the kids, we're going to be dealing with this forever, for yeah. the foreseeable future, right? Yeah. It's an unfortunate reality of where we're at, but... You know, so one of the precautions we did, what we decided was um, we decided to forego a large scale first birthday party for Lucy. We instead actually um, just this weekend are doing, um, uh, you know, small family parties with with both sides of the family. And Mm -hmm. it's such a change because for Charlie's first birthday, we rented out um, a a side of a brewery and we we did this big Charlie Brown theme theme. And it was we invited everybody new and it was it was so much fun. So, you know, I feel like down the road, you know, not that Charlie really you know probably appreciated it at the but tender he's getting, age of one well and also now he's getting to the point where he would appreciate like yeah. a larger party and everything too and i think jill and i talked about this i think we're going to do the same thing when mara turns sorry to interrupt you two months but, right yeah two months yeah, yeah. Uh, she's 10 now 10 months and i think we're gonna do the same thing kind of small gatherings but you know we recent we're recent rearrivals into the ohio community in lakewood and we've made a lot of great friends in this area yourself included and oh, thank we, you. Yeah, you're welcome. And we've got friends. Hopefully Jill feels the same way. <laughs> we haven't seen her, so we don't know yet. <laughs> I'll tell you on episode six, um, if there is an episode six. Um, but um, we, part of the reason that we look forward to it is we've made a lot of friends with kids and without kids and everything else. And it's just, it's always fun. It's almost that like wedding atmosphere to bring people together and just like introduce people and have those like big, you know, big parties where people can like interact and you can see all your friends coming together and um and we're not we're not going to have that i think for for a, a good chunk of time especially around the kids which right. is sad you know yeah and you know it's it's silly but I, I think about how you know down the road say they both you know see photos and you know we'll just explain you know hey l- listen lucy you're you know her, her first birthday has been very nice and you know simple but nice and you know enjoyable times but just it wasn't this big bash like we have with charlie and right like, here's why you yeah know, i think hopefully we get didn't it. love you as much <laughs> Oh gosh! When, I, when when she hands me her her stuffed um, stuffed bear and makes me hug it, yeah. and then takes it back for me and hugs it, and we play that game for for twenty minutes straight, you you should see how much I actually yeah. I actually I mean, um, sorry I'm tearing up over here, but <laughs> the, the love yeah the love me as much joke got yeah, me. But yeah, um, yeah. anyways, you know I think Lucy, if you ever do listen to this podcast when you're you're sixteen years old and um, 
you know, the language is a little bit extreme for a 16 year old, don't you think? Maybe 18. Yeah, we'll have to have an, an edited version. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, you know, please know that your your big bash is coming. It'll just be delayed a, a birthday or two until the world um, makes that you know more feasible and more you safe. Throw a great quinceanera, you know? It'll <laughs> yeah. Be, it'll be outstanding. <laughs> Um, the other big COVID-related decision we made, um, and this one's more long-lasting, is um, we decided to hold off on sending Charlie to preschool this fall. And we'd been considering a couple different preschool options. One was um, a preschool back at his daycare, um, which he already had a comfort level with. Not that he'd probably remember that a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. The other was we found a, a nature camp preschool, which we were kind of excited oh, about. Cool. But we decided we're going to wait. Um, you know, Because I'm a stay-at-home parent, we have that flexibility, um, and we realize the, the privilege of that. Um, we're going to wait, and I'm going to and keep it at home this this fall until things settle down. And are you disappointed that you won't just get to? I mean, I guess you'd be taking care of Lucy, but yeah, I, you were just gonna start drinking all day. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna get into this <laughs> um this golf tournament. No, <laughs> no but I mean, you know, I, I love hanging out both kids. It, it would have been kind of cool to have a little bit of one on one time with mm-hmm. Lucy, but but honestly, it's it's more just you know excited that we, we have options. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing for Charlie is he's still two years away from kindergarten, so we could keep him home for an entire year. And then send him next fall, and he would still have a full year of kindergarten readiness or preschool or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it before um, he starts. So, you know, big big decisions we've made, and you know, not fun decisions, but um, you know, we just got to keep monitoring everything, as yeah. as is everybody at this point. Yep. Um, but on a less serious note, um, another thing that happened the last few weeks is uh, Charlie, God bless him, he recently tricked me <laughs> <laughs> into eating Play-Doh, and I almost vomited. Yeah. <laughs> True, true story. Yeah. There's no lead into that story. You're just going to drop yeah. it right on them. I okay? mean, when you're when you're leaving the top of a COVID, you've just got to you know do a quick transition. Hard turn. Hard yeah. turn. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we were eating a pizza on a patio at a this really nice brewery in Mansfield, Ohio, um, which is famous for um, its uh, movie ties, mm-hmm. of course. Oh, um, the Reformatory. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a brewer there called uh, Phoenix Brewery, and Charlie. Um, was playing with Play-Doh to keep him occupied. He had various colors he was mixing together, and that was making the, the Play-Doh bla- brown, um, which I should have been taking note of at the time. We were both eating pizza just off a pizza box interior, using that as our plate. And um, Char- Charlie, as is his usual procedure, asked me to eat his pizza crust for him. So, you know, I was eating the crust off this pizza box we were sharing, and what I, you know, I failed to notice is that the, the brown Play-Doh um, very closely resembled the pizza dough. Mm-hmm. So naturally, I, I ate a large piece of brown Play-Doh, lost my appetite, had to excuse myself and go to the restroom. And um, holy shit, that stuff does not taste good. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I've I've had some of Phoenix Brewery's beer. I think it's pretty good. I love that it's down in Mansfield. I'm yeah. a little worried that their pizza dough was so similar to Play-Doh that it confused you with it. That's a little bit concerning. I'd had a couple beverages, so perhaps they weren't as close as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Well, did uh, did you keep the pizza down after you had the play-doh? I did. I, I stopped eating, which is unlike me. I have, I have a big appetite, uh, you yeah. know. But um, we were the, we were with um, my wife and our and my in-laws, and while I was in the bathroom, they all claimed um, that um, you know, as a show of solidarity, they all take a very small bite of the play-doh. Yeah, I don't and think they did that. <laughs> I don't think they did either. They they they, tried, they claimed they they all concurred that wow, that stuff is on. Un- you know, unpleasant. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. to do that, but yeah. you know, I didn't see any of this live. This was all just them. They told me this when I got back from <laughs> all, the bathroom. All secondhand. That, yeah. Uh, when I, <laughs> this makes me think. When I worked uh, at CNBC, I worked with um, on Jim Cramer's show, as yeah. you know, Mad Money, and he used to have props all around him when we talked about different companies. At one point, he had a moment where he ate um, pepperoni. 
um, the like pepperoni stuff. And he also intentionally? was in the bathroom. Yeah, you can't digest that stuff. <laughs> yeah, intentionally he did this. So I, I, you know, I, you've lived to tell the tale with Play-Doh. I think that's an impressive, that's an impressive feat. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, who knows what else Charlie's going to make me eat um, against my will, but... Um, you know, they always talk about like an early sign of a serial killer is them like hurting animals and bugs. What do you think <laughs> it says that your kid is feeding you Play-Doh? Is he like the Antichrist or something or... It says that my chances of reaching the 100th episode are next to none. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt, people are talking about how much power and influence this show has. That is the big topic uh, this week for headlines. Uh, just weeks after the Free Britney movement and her efforts to throw out the court ordered conservatorship that she's been under. Britney Spears' father, Jamie Spears, has agreed to do just that, uh, pledging to step away from his role as conservator of her business affairs. Uh, no timetable for the next steps, but um, Variety called it a, a first step to dissolving the conservatorship altogether. Clearly, this is a big win for Britney, but I think what we're all thinking and what's kind of unsaid right now is it's a bigger win for the Bod Pod and just kind of shows the power and breadth that this podcast has right now. Yeah, it's a win-win for sure, Tim. The the princess of pop gets her freedom, and the princess of pod, as I'm ridiculously <laughs> yeah. referring to us as yeah. for this segment, uh, we get to feel a, a false sense of accomplishment. And who doesn't like that? I think we found our first T-shirt that we're gonna sell. Bod Pod <laughs> is number one. Bod Pod tank tops, I think, would be would be hot sellers, and yeah. then princess of pod would be a neck a good follow-up i think let's maybe, make it happen maybe it's like a onesie with like a tutu on the bottom kind of a thing or something we could do we that. can make our, our children wear it and yeah <laughs> model it for us they'll love it charlie's really gonna dig it um and we that's really exciting thing news that everyone wants to talk about once in a decade kind of news here census data and i know everybody <laughs> Freaks out when you start talking Q about census. Listeners now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just going to drop right off. But uh, we did have U.S. Census data come out. Um, and before you doze off or frantically hit the stop button, well, you can if you want to. Who cares? But um, they have all kinds of massive impacts on our lives, our communities around us, um, from political representation uh, all the way down to federal dollars being distributed across the country. Good news for our uh, locality here in Lakewood. We yeah. stayed above 50,000 residents. So that's good for us. Uh, so we're not going to lose a bunch of money that way. Um, one interesting tidbit um, that was in some of that data is um, relevant to the Bod Pod is the declining share of children here in the U.S. In 2020, uh, adults over the age of 18 made up more than three quarters of the U.S. population. That's an increase of more than 10 percent from the 2010 census. So we're getting older um, and people you are generally, both, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every day, man, every day, uh, we're getting older. People are generally having fewer kids and having them later. We've got PS five, HBO max, TikTok. who needs babies <laughs> to keep their attention. Right. Um, my advice on this though, if you are somehow interested by our discussion of, of census data and what it means around children is don't Google anything about it and don't certainly don't Google anything about declining birth rates. It's a toxic uh, discussion space you'll soon fall down an alice in wonderland hellscape rabbit hole <laughs> that will lead you into some pretty dark stuff of like some weird nationalistic politics crap and all that kind of stuff um i think my one takeaway from this is as society changes we need to be um responsive from a policy perspective on allowing people to thrive as a family whatever that means 
COVID has obviously set up a really good, and we talk about this a lot, like childcare possibilities and what's what you're able to do and how much flexibility you have and the avail- availability of childcare, like solid, affordable childcare. And if you do want to work or if you don't want to work or whatever else, being able to support families and making those decisions. I think we need to kind of look at some policies that would make some of that stuff easier for parents as we sort of change the way that we form families. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Tim. And, you know, our, our nation's demographic landscape is certainly changing. And in, in many ways, it's for the better, you know, such as becoming a more uh, diverse society. But the declining children's population gives me mixed feelings. You know, on the one hand, uh, the world is severely overpopulated. So if people are simply making a life choice not to have as many kids, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But on the other hand, uh, the declining fertility rate is concerning. And as you astutely pointed out, Tim, these changing demographics uh, will not make it any easier for society that already lags behind in prioritizing family-oriented services uh, to catch up and make life easier for working families. So um, this is an issue that's, um, you know, fam- families are really going to have to push hard to make sure that, um, you know, our needs are, are staying in the forefront of society. Yeah. Okay, topic this week, traveling with children bad idea yeah colon stupid idea or justifiably stupid idea um uh, in the before times uh matt prior to COVID, there was this thing uh that people did called traveling which often entailed us gathering up some necessary items clothing household (laughs) items and going places we don't do that anymore but we used to uh so we're all homebodies (laughs) yeah yeah that's what this podcast is about um when you're only worried about yourself, um, traveling can be pretty simple, right? Um, I need a whole dedicated separate podcast to the shit that I saw when I was on doing my Greyhound bus trips back and forth from New York to Cleveland. <laughs> Same with the Megabus. Yeah, oh, man. It was brutal. Yeah, at least Greyhound had a terminal in New York. Uh, Megabus would just pick you up out on the street next to Penn Station, which is not, yeah. not great. Uh, even with a partner, you can often get into a good rhythm and leave little concern over your travel plans. But this definitely changes when you bring uh, a little one into the mix. Um, I know we both have some kind of experiences to share um, with our kids and traveling and some and tips and tricks around that. I'd like to start with really where my agita around traveling with children starts. And that is with my own experiences as a, as a kid. Yeah. Um, it's really just the my concern about traveling with children is really just me projecti- projecting or perhaps projectile vomiting my concerns <laughs> uh, onto kids. So my my uh, traveling as a child story when I was man, I was probably 10. I think we did this big trip out west, you know, kind nice. of like went to California, Dakotas, National like, Parks, you know, Yellowstone, Crater Lake, uh, Sequoias, a whole bunch of stuff. Right. And uh, we had this pretty dope setup in our Ford Win- 1995 Ford Windstar, I believe it was. Um, took out the middle seat, right? We had a cooler back there. Wow. My dad had like one of those like little like um, three inch TVs on like an inverter that was like plugged into <laughs> our like uh, cigarette like uh, charger, you know, like the pretty high tech cigarette lighter charger. Yeah, it was it was pretty legit. And so my brother and I are back there drinking those clearly Canadian cherries, right? In the in the backseat of this thing, we've got uh, we've got like SNL and Mystery Science Theater three thousand recorded on VHS tapes that we're watching in the back of our van as we're driving across the country. Um, and one morning we're in Eureka, California. I won't forget this. And we set out to uh, go into the redwood forest. And um, I, as a child, I can't remember where we stopped. It was like a bakery or something. But I saw. I think today it was like a half liter of chocolate milk. It was probably like a little like pint, but it was like a massive 
carton of Hershey's chocolate milk, which was probably just liquid chocolate and sugar at Uh-oh. this point. It was just this pretty heavy-duty thing. I drank that thing probably in all of 25 seconds. <laughs> And I'm in the back of this car. My brother's watching old episodes of SNL and I start to get car sick, right? And I politely ask my brother, hey, could you please shut that off? I like, you know, you're in a car, you get motion in it, like makes you sick. Um, He declined to do that. So uh, we're driving along a little bit. I get sicker and sicker. And then pretty soon my mom uh, from the front seat is saying like, oh, what is that smell? (laughs) And she hears this like little voice from the back of the car, uh, like chime up, like "That's me." And I had just like blown that chocolate milk all over the back of the car. <laughs> I had a pillow with me, all into the pillow, everything else, like the pillowcase. Oh, the pillowcase. Okay, everything. I tried to contain that's quick, it. That's quick thinking, right I there. I tried to contain. Well, pillowcase against vomit. That's not. It's not. <laughs> not watertight. You know. It's not like an air, airplane <laughs> bag. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't work that well. So, um, I. Uh, my parents had to pull over the side of the road. Uh, they had to give me a uh, a bath with bottled water, naked, standing <laughs> on the shoulder of a road in the park. Now, granted, I, I left this part of the story out. My dad thought he had found this shortcut to like get where we were going, and it was uh, in in my estimation, it was just hairpin turn after hairpin turn. We're like turning around, so yeah. I think that brought it about too, but. We're in this national park. They're giving me a, giving a 10-year-old kid a bath with bottled water on the side of the road. And my dad, I, which I'm sure violating many federal laws, has to go into the forest and, like, take this vomit-soaked <laughs> pillowcase. He probably should have gotten eaten by a bear, you know? I mean, like, and, like, take it several, like, you know, several hundred yards into the forest to get it away from the car. Um and then, uh, and then I don't think that's the rest of the time we had that car. I always smelled that vomit. So this is what I'm afraid of when I'm traveling yeah. with kids. Yeah, the new car smell was gone after that. And, <laughs> and honestly, it kind of uh, reminds me of that uh, that famous uh, Will Ferrell quote: "Milk was a bad idea." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it definitely was. Um, but uh, we all have a good um, uh, vomiting while traveling oh, yeah, story. Too, right? You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody does. I'm sure our kids will um, will gain some of these. But um, for me, I God, I hope not. <laughs> just wait. Yeah. Um, I think we actually might already have one for Charlie. But um, anyways, um, I, we were traveling down I-77. I don't even remember where we were going. Maybe Myrtle Beach or Hilton Head. Mm-hmm. But um, we stopped to eat at Shoney's, which you know. Is oh yeah, I did quality we, establishment. We did, every Disney World trip we took with my family, yeah. we always stopped at the Shoney's off I seventy seven. They're all over the place off yeah. seventy seven. Every exit. But anyways, um, this particular the breakfast one, buffet. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, the buffets are kind of a, a dinosaur at this point. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, dying breed. But um, anyways, um, long story short, I vomited in the Shoney's. Um, which, into the buffet. Not in the buffet. Just at our table. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, mean, I, I did not make it to the bathroom or anything. Yeah. But I was probably around ten or you know same twelve same age as you. But um, the uh, the interesting part of the story is not that I vomited, and you know I'm sure that was traumatic for my parents. I, I don't really remember it very well. But um, it's more so that the next time we were driving down 77 in that same re- area, I think this is Central Ohio, maybe uh, that Shoney's had closed. So <laughs> my family always claimed that my vomit shut down that franchise. Did it look like that scene in ET when like all the like NASA people are there. The hazmat and got, suits. Like, yeah. Hazmat, they've got the whole thing like zipped up. Yeah. Most likely that's how I envision it. I work, you know, <laughs> that'll but, shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. So with our children, uh, Jill and uh, Mara and I have got one overnighter under our belts. We did Chicago. We talked about that on a previous pod. Yeah. 
Uh, we got another one coming up in a couple weeks, Traverse City. That'll I'm sure will be a episode. That's awesome. Uh, the subject of the pod coming up here. Yeah. Um, uh, I think we missed the magic window of road trips with our kid before Mara wanted to get up, crawl around, and put every object into her mouth. Road trips <laughs> would have been a little bit more indistinguishable with a little bit more extra diaper stops, but not too bad. But um, we did opt for a couple of upcoming Traverse City. The upcoming trip, we're going to do a couple of an extra day on the side to side of the trip just to break up the drive a little bit because it's like a six hour drive. And yeah. That tends to be a little bit grating on a kid, I think, when you're in the car for that long. So we're going to break it up a little bit. But um, you've got some uh, you've got some interesting uh, additional stories with your kids with uh, with trips. Yeah, you know, I know we were talking, um, we were joking the last episode about how what a train wreck it is to take little kids on vacation. But, you know, in all honesty, it's such a thrill to have them experience new places and adventures. Um, back when we only had Charlie and COVID was not yet a thing, uh, we actually were rather ambitious with our kid travels. We took Charlie on a, a week-long road trip to uh, the Virginias and the Carolinas, and it, mm-hmm. um, it went fairly well for the most part. But since we've been a two-kid family, the furthest we've traveled is to uh, the motherland, the homeland of Athens, which is uh, <laughs> three and a half um, hours. Ohio, not Greece. This is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Still a lovely place, though. Yeah. <laughs> But um, while it is a thrill to vacation with young kids, uh, we've certainly experienced a variety of pitfalls in doing so, including, you know, the fussy car rides, the thrown off sleep schedules, the minor tantrums, um, and really just the inability to fully partake in the uh, recreation or relaxation or sightseeing offered by a particular vacation spot. Um, But, you know, I would still say the pros definitely outweigh the cons when it comes to traveling traveling with kids. Uh, So we're definitely going to continue to take kids on on trips um, for the most part. But uh, as far as tips, you want to go first, or uh, I? Why don't you go ahead? Because I didn't have that many to add. Yeah, yeah. Um, from your list, because you had pretty good ones, but I do have one to kind of like expound on. A that little sounds bit. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Feel, and feel free to um, contradict me if you would like. Well, we haven't done them, that yet. This well, episode. so one of them you talked about routines, and don't don't worry about routines a little bit. That's which was gonna get that me was on. breath of fresh. <laughs> that was, I, I'm not contradicting you. That was actually a. You know, younger parent here in, in compared, not younger age wise, although maybe by a couple months. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, you talked about don't worry about routines with a kid. So I'll see your center a little bit there and yeah. say that was kind of refreshing for me because I still think Jill and I are very like, oh man, if we don't get there early within this time frame with her nap or whatever else or like going to bed, um, we're going to blow it up. We're just afraid like if Mara goes to sleep like 30 minutes past when she's normally going to bed, it's like, well, she's clearly she's never going to sleep again until she's 18 years old. You know, <laughs> like, clearly we'll be waking up in the middle of the night for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good one to lead off with. So these are um, tips for traveling with kids based on a, my very limited experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, take it with a grain of salt. But um, but yeah, you know, if um, don't worry about routines, as, as Tim's saying, you know, kid routines come and go. They they're constantly evolving. Um, they can be reestablished when need be. But an unforgettable family vacation experience is more difficult to come by, mm-hmm. you know. So go ahead and delay that nap or throw off that schedule when you're on vacation if it means your kid gets to experience, you know, sunrise at an ocean or whatever the unique local attraction is. Mm-hmm. And um, when you try this and it doesn't work, you'll be cursing my name. But, <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Um, other tips, um, keep it simple. You know, little kids are easy to please. You know, there's no reason you need to journey a little kid to Tahiti um, when a state park that's an hour away from home um, will qualify as you know, one of the coolest experiences of their short lifetimes. Uh, we took um, a staycation at a local hotel last year due to a prolonged power outage in our neighborhood. 
And Charlie thought it was the absolute shit. Um, <laughs> was he like, they've got frosted flakes in this thing, and he yeah, just turned the handle and they come out. Yeah, it's just everything about it. You know, yeah. a new new environments. We got to, you know, get carry out. Just It was all cool to him. Um, and in fact, he now associates hotel trips with power outages, and he actively roots for us to lose electricity in our house. I might delete this uh, later on. <laughs> we'll see how Matt's reaction to this story. Felt cute, might delete this later. You're <laughs> cute, might delete this. I remember we went to on that same trip out west. Um, <laughs> we went into talking about hotels and thinking it was a shit. We went to Las Vegas on this trip, and I still I remember, this is like seared into my memory. We went into the hotel that we were staying at. And, you know, you're a kid, you're 10 years old, like, whatever, like, oh, cool, there's two beds, wow, you, like, start hopping on them, like, which one's bouncier? And we turned the TV on, and it was porn. <laughs> the first channel that turns on is pornography, and my dad's like, and shuts yeah. it off immediately, and it's just like, what? <laughs> Where are we? What is this place? My one buddy likes to tell the story about his family was staying at a hotel, and um, you know, free HBO, so naturally right, yeah. I watch that, and you know, everybody's staying in the same room, double two bedroom, and um, and they're 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 watching Under Siege, which is a kind of a questionable choice when you're right, yeah, when you're is that um, Steven Seagal, I believe so, yeah, yeah, okay. big, big fan, yeah, <laughs> huge fan, <laughs> but um, I guess you know they get to a, a couple uh, you know inappropriate nudity scenes, and my my buddy's uh, dad just pushed him off the bed. And that, <laughs> That was his solution. Not, yeah. not changing the channel, mind yeah, you. Yeah. It's not time to have a conversation. I'm just going to physically assault you right now to protect you from this. Um, but back to traveling with kids tips. Yeah, yeah. Um, steer, rein us back in here. Um, a few other tips. Uh, start packing early. Yeah. My family has a tendency to procrastinate like no other. Uh, but when it comes to traveling with kids, you're basically quadrupling your luggage and to- you know with all the basically than what you would need for an adults only trip so give yourself days to map out all the toys and sleeping supplies and kids crap you're going to need uh, there's nothing worse than arriving at the vacation spot and realizing you left your pack and play at home yeah and i'll weigh in on that too i also think that just traveling with children i don't know about for you but just always raises the anxiety level at all times and the stress level on things yeah and the one thing you don't want to be doing is like the day of that you're leaving it's like what shit did we forget to put in the car right like, did we do this and you're running around because you know usually one parent is attached to the kid anyway so then it just creates like a whole big atmosphere so yeah getting ahead of that is a super helpful tip for for people for sure yeah um consider uh taking uh, going on trips with parents you know mm-hmm. ex- um, especially if you have really cool parents like tim and i do we're, right 100 uh-huh. <laughs> percent. especially my uh, father-in-law who wa- listens to the show religiously and has yeah. sent us great feedback yeah he's i'm sure he's at least a few dozen of those 500 listens <laughs> yeah, yeah. thanks steve <laughs> but um but yeah you know if um when you're traveling with parents um they get the thrill of of seeing their grandchildren um you know and experiencing the vacation spot with them you get the thrill of sleeping in or getting some alone time or you know having some time to go visit a a local watering hole whatever it may be um so it it really is win-win um a few more tips we'll wrap this up here i was just checking my watch because it's nap time i heard the door shut and uh, you you, just feel free to go on as long as you want i thought i was getting like the tap the watch (laughs) you know (laughs) that's this that's the that's the cutthroat motion we'll wrap it up over here yeah um Reset your expectations. You know, a vacation with kids is simply not going to be as relaxing or as adventurous as one without kids. It's just not. And knowing this going in will help you to have the right mindset and focus on finding ways, you know, not only for you to enjoy yourself, um, well, you know, also just having your kids have a blast, which, you know, might be the number one goal of a a kid vacation. Yeah, I think we went, we did that Chicago trip we talked about. And, you know, the one 
we were there for a couple of days, but we were very um, focused and like conservative in what we thought we could get done. Right. So we went to see our friends the one day and that sort of occupied the time, did the botanical gardens while we were there. The other day we did the zoo and that was the one kind of thing that we wanted to do. It's like, let's just walk around and see that not we're going to walk around for three hours and go here and try to grab lunch over here. And then maybe we can get all the way up to this place and get dinner. Like it just, you can't, you can't, sometimes you can get that stuff done, but you can't reliably do it. Yeah. And that was a big change for me because I'm the type that, um, you know, some people like relaxing beach vacations. I like, um, urban exploration. Well that too, but uh, just aggressive, you know, adventurous trips. So, um, you know, pre kids, I remember Lisa and I, um, spent a week in Colorado and we, we flew into Denver, and um, throughout that week, we put 1,200 miles on a rental car. Oh, wow. We saw all four national parks in is Colorado. There a more beautiful area of the country? It's than, incredible. Yeah. There were definitely some white-knuckle driving experiences, but <laughs> yeah. it, it was insane. And, you know, th- thank goodness the, the rental car, the payment was flat rate, so it wasn't by mileage, because we just beat the hell out of that thing. <laughs> but How many um, times did you roll it down the mountain? <laughs> several. Lost count. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Side airbags really came in handy. <laughs> But, you know, it's the days of those sort of trips, um, at least with with kids, are, are over. And you just got to reset your expectations. But um, I will say, you know, on that note, you still have to make time for couples trips. You know, and it's it's certainly important to take your kids places to have these new experiences. But it's equally important to save time for you and your spouse um, to go on adults only trips. Um, so um, next year, you know, we aspire to take the kids on a few regional trips and then we want to travel um just just the two of us to explore uh, the national parks in Utah and visit some friends in Steamboat Springs. Oh, fun. Uh, Matt, you've stolen all the good tips, so screw you. Uh, the only <laughs> additional thing that comes to mind, uh, we talked about is stay flexible. Um, and I, I think the way that I look at that in terms of the packing, so 100% like pack ahead of time, pack everything that you need, all that Bring your mule deer to carry stuff yeah, for you. Exactly. But I think the... Um, the one thing that's always good, you talked about traveling with parents and there's also the other way to kind of rely on others is, you know, I was taking trips down just to um, where my parents are about an hour south of where we live and they have a high chair setup that's down there. Or, you know, if your family has, you know, uh, we had friends in Chicago that had um, uh, a nursery or kind of like a pack and play there so we could get a nap in like all that kind of stuff. So there are ways that you can kind of like cobble together some things. And if you can think of this stuff ahead of time, it just makes some kind of like those short trips more possible than otherwise you'd be like, I'm not putting the pack and the play in the car and setting it up when I get down there and blah, right. blah, blah. You just wouldn't even consider doing that. So if you can find those ways to kind of, you know, cut a corner, give them a nap in the stroller when you're down someplace, that kind of thing, it makes a lot of that trip um, traveling a little bit more possible. Yeah. And, and kids are, are you know, they, they're more flexible than you than you think, you know, sure. um, for instance, so we don't have one of those um, very, very handy. We probably should have gotten one um, mobile um uh, eat, uh, high chairs. Oh yeah, which um, you know we we really could have used on a couple trips. But on the on the most recent trip, we went to Mohican State Park um, a few weeks ago, and we um, we just had Lucy. We had a cooler, and we put her food on top of that on the you know, and, and it was perfect because it made her practice stand like you know reaching up or yeah, you know yeah. trying to stand to get to her food, and yeah. so. It sounds kind of cruel, I guess. To, like, <laughs> she had to work for her food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, we also would hang it behind her so she'd have to turn. And <laughs> yeah. Anyways, you know, it it worked out, and I, I think it helped her with uh, you know improving her mobility a little bit in the yeah. in the process. That's cool. Uh, coming up is part two of our interview with Thomas Fletcher.
Thomas. Welcome to the the Better Off Dad podcast. To kind of start off in in the VR gaming space, Booper Get Home is the name of the game, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you just give us a little bit of backstory on that and kind of how it connects into your fatherhood journey? Certainly. Okay. Um, the game itself is a VR platformer in the Mario kind of flavor. And it's about a kid who's lost and is on an epic adventure to get his way home. All the artwork is drawn by my son, who is on the autism spectrum. He's uh, limited verbal, but communicates a lot through his art. And my whole idea is this is you know, a father-son project, but I'm hoping that I can get a little traction. And if I make any money from it, I want part of the proceeds to go to autism awareness and acceptance. And if it really takes off, I want to develop a companion app so a parent could use a smartphone or a, a tablet and they could take a picture of their own kid's drawing and the app would cut it up, rig it and animate it so a kid could play their own drawing in game. You talked a lot about the game and VR and sort of your your son's interaction with it and, and his drawings coming into it. But the one word that kept coming up that I thought was interesting with, was empathy and this idea, the game's ability and VR's ability, I guess, uh, specifically uh, to teach empathy. With my son and the, the empathy thing, he's also very easily upset by loud sounds and certainly other uh, excess stimuli. Uh, the, the whole thing with the empathy is just trying to put myself in his shoes. What is in his world that makes him happy? What makes him upset? And if I can put myself into that mindset, I can better understand how to be a better parent to him. And I've always been this way in trying to think, what is this other person thinking? What are they doing? How can I best communicate with them if I understand what headspace they're in? And I found VR being a medium where you could suddenly be you know, three feet high. You could be a little kid running around a department store. You can be God-sized and manipulating tiny little people. You could be just about anything. And I'll be completely honest, uh, stay away from the horror games because they can be a little too real. Yeah. So, <laughs> but the idea is that this is such a powerful medium and if you've ever experienced a, a book or a movie that really gripped you, imagine it in stereo, 3D vision, surround sound, and even haptic vibrations. There's something about when you're playing Alien Isolation and you see that, that face-hugging alien coming at you and it's 11 feet tall. There is something very, very real about that. But I've also played other uh, experiences, Traveling While Black, is an amazing, it's just a little uh, a little documentary about what it was like being in the 50s and being a black person trying to travel across America. Uh, the Wolves in the Wall is another amazing experience of just being a little girl who is trying to warn her family about this supernatural experience that's happening in the walls of her house. And if we could use this medium to reach people, obviously we live in a very polarized, very angry environment right now. People are upset about politics, about the virus, about just about anything. Even the name of a sports team changing will will probably cause it. That's topical. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And what I think we need is just a little bit more of what is it like to be in another person's shoes? We've got uh, the couple of the questions that we sent you before. I'm going to Read these off to you in a lightning round-esque okay. format. Let's go rapid fire. 
So, okay. So question number one, uh, what's your biggest strength or weakness as a parent? I'm going to say when I thought about this, it's, it's patient. When I feel on as a parent, you know, my kid could be throwing a hissy fit, flipping the dinner plate, doing everything he knows to get under my skin. And I can just Jedi calm it and <laughs> you will not get through to me. Now, the downside is this is my kid. He knows exactly what buttons to push and he can set me off zero to 60 almost instantly. <laughs> you're, you're, you, from your face right now, it looks like you're remembering one of those times as, as you're, <laughs> you're remembering <laughs> last week when he did it. <laughs> um, he, he does this game where it's guess what I want to eat and <laughs> what food do we have? No, 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 no. And then it became, what beverage do I want to drink? And finally says, okay, I want milk. And I start pouring it. And he kicks me right in the back of the knee just as I'm pouring it and splashes all over me. Let's just say the wife had to intervene. <laughs> we, had to we had to go into neutral corners and, and um, basically had to give me a timeout. Yeah, yeah. You made it sounds like you made the right move. Of all the decisions you could have made there, I think that was the best. Oh no, no, no. The wife made the, the choice for me. <laughs> <laughs> the next question I have for you is if you could go back in time, what would you tell yourself on the day your first child was born? Oh my goodness, that I that would have just been get more rest. I, I was unprepared. Um, obviously, you know, kids that don't sleep well. A sleep deprivation, I truly understand, could be used as a torture. It really can. <laughs> yeah. uh, our first uh, born was just a constant every two hours on the money feeding and simply getting rest. It's, it's absolutely crucial because not only was I obviously trying to, to help take care of a child, but my wife was, you know, she'd just given birth. She's producing food for the child. It's it's not an easy thing for, for anybody to do. And of course, <laughs> you have to be, here's baby, here's you know, happy couple with baby. Yeah, you just want to kind of just collapse into a corner. Um, but certainly the other thing that I would say, tell myself is that it does get better. Um, I, I think actually one of the other questions, if you want me to just jump ahead because sure. it so beautifully is that, you know, best piece of, of advice that you've ever gotten. And that was from my brother-in-law who has reminded me several times that they don't have a prefrontal cortex, <laughs> which it's true. They don't, their brains aren't fully developed. And just because my kid is eight, and he can, you know, do fractions or he can pour himself a glass of milk does not mean he has the mental capacity to handle everything that's thrown at him. Yeah. And having after the milk incident last week been reminded of that yet again, I have to keep that on repeat back here because it is simply knowing you're dealing with somebody who is not a complete human yet is such a, a game changer in my mind that that. You have to remember when you were that age. Yeah, you thought you knew everything. You could do everything. No, no. And your parents knew. Yeah. <laughs> you have to just put yourself in that position that, yeah, he's not dealing with a full deck. Empathy coming back around there for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
What's been the key to maintaining a happy and healthy relationship? I mean, we're assuming a lot here. Maybe your spouse hates you, but I don't think so uh, with your spouse while being a stay-at-home dad. Um, honestly, is is keeping everybody involved. Um, certainly with my wife working long hours and certainly now with COVID, uh, she's doing even more like after everybody's in bed, she's still working on the laptop and whatnot, but trying to keep everybody cohesive as a family unit. Uh, one of the things that we try to do is get everybody to go take walks. And, you know, of course, to a kid that's, you know, enforced death march and whatnot. So they're struggling <laughs> along, but it's a chance, a, a joke that my wife and I have is that any instance that we're not with kids, whether yeah, we're, we're actually doing something or they're just 10 feet ahead of us on the sidewalk, quick, grab our, her hand and say, it's a date. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the longest time, it was just us. And occasionally her mom would come and give us a little bit of a break so we could go out and just get five minutes alone. It's literally, hey, it's a date. Let's hold hands. And right. that that sort of humor is, has kind of helped through some, some pretty... Uh, rough patches and and by doing that constant checking in that constant like yeah just just let's do something right now it's because of covid and kids are on summer vacation and whatnot we'll just go and sit on the front porch and watch the sunset kids have got tv time so they're busy you know getting into their own kind of trouble hacking into the pentagon or something ridiculous like that <laughs> but, yeah, she'll tell me about what's going on at her, at, at her work. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll relate something that happened while we were at the park today. It's just that little bit of connection. Just It makes all the difference. What would you like your children in the future to know about you as a parent today? Um, certainly, they, I'm, I'm trying my best. I try to instill upon them um that i'm not always going to do right that, that i'm going to have moments that, that i'm not proud of or or i chose wrong but those moments where i can see that it worked um you know with with the, the vr stuff of course the kids want to play with the new toys and the new technology um you know kids can be klutzy and while it was one of those Jedi dad moments, I was raging inside, but he came to me with tears in his eyes saying, I think I broke your VR headset. And, you know, this is an expensive piece of technology. And, you know, I, I obviously just clamped down on the instant, you know, dad rage, um, but said, okay, I, I know that, that you're, you're really scared right now. You're really worried about this. Thank you for telling me. Owning that mistake is like the biggest thing. So we went, we looked, and it was just simply the face plate had popped off. It was a real quick and easy fix. And of course, as soon as I got it back and all of a sudden that stress just kind of dumped out of him, he had a big meltdown cry, come here, let me hold you. Let's, let's just let it out and whatnot. But the fact that he was at a place where he felt that he could trust me to say, you know, I broke something and it wasn't just like, oh, I broke a glass or I broke something. No, this is big. So that that whole knowledge that, OK, I might not always react great, but the fact if I can teach you how to handle the things that you've done, uh, it, it's a biggie. 
because, you know, <laughs> I think Henry Rollins put it best when he says, you know, half of life is fucking up and the other half is fixing it. <laughs> uh, okay, I got two more quick ones and I'll, I'll let you go finally. So you've planned okay. the perfect day with your children. What are you doing? All right. Um, first thing, we're definitely doing family room at the park because there's just so many people that, that both the kids like, I like, and it's just a great little way of just letting them burn off energy. Um, then whenever we get a chance, we, we actually work on the game together. Um, the, the kids want to draw things for me. They will come and say, what does the game need? And it's interesting because, you know, my first son, when I, I put on the headset and he play tests for me, he'll literally take off the headset, run to the sketchbook, draw something and bring it to me, like put this in the game. And I got to be like, no, dude, that's Mario. That's a copyrighted character. Can't do that. But <laughs> you have creative time together, um, whether it's my, my, my one son drawing. My, se my second one is working on a wooden car model that he got and it's become kind of a son dad project. Those moments are great. And now that they're getting older, we're, we're starting to do a little bit of chores, whether it's folding laundry or things like that. You know, just doing work together, I think, also brings people together. That's why you bond with your coworkers so much is because you're doing the hard crap together and you kind of get that, that, you know, we're in the trenches mentality. So when they help me make food, I've got some so cute pictures of them helping me make homemade pierogies. And they've got the little aprons that grandma sewed for them and things like that. <laughs> and then, yeah, after after a good meal, just go play, whether it's out in the sprinkler or there's so many times that we've been out in the snow playing together. doesn't matter the season. We can totally have fun. And then, shit, let's go play some video games. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Then off to bed. It's time for me and your mother. Uh, okay. Last question and your favorite one, as we've discussed before. Describe your parenting philosophy in one word. <sighs> You're welcome to give context around that one if you want. As we talked about before, you can right there. That itself. Um, <laughs> I mean, certainly, you know, uh, jokey expletives aside, it literally is too big of a, a, a concept to wrap into a single word. It's, it's the greatest highs, it's the worst lows. You know, I've had days that I can't stop bragging about my kids. I've had days where I'm, I'm an introvert by nature, despite the, <laughs> the, the obvious persona that I'm putting on here. But my son is an extrovert to the 10th power. And there have been days where I have been hiding in the bathroom with like towels <laughs> over my ears, you're saying, shut up, shut up, shut up. And he is talking to me uh, uh, underneath the crack in the door. And he is still telling me about like this Minecraft thing that he just figured out. I'm just, I'm in tears, just five <laughs> minutes, kid, leave me alone. It's, it's such a big thing that I don't think a single word could ever, ever do it justice. Um, again, it's the hardest job I've ever done. It's also one of the most fulfilling things that I've ever done as I'm incorporating some of my creative aspects into parenthood and that it's starting to yield, you know, some really tangible results out there in the world. People like the game that we're working on. It's become an entire family project. It's something that's like bringing us together in ways that I could have never imagined when I first held my, my son. It's, it's 
such a huge juggernaut of, of things that <laughs> I, I, I'll use the expletive, but I mean it in every sense of the word. It is amazing. It is daunting. It is scary. It is exhausting. And I can't think of another word other than fuck that would put it all together. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> what I uh, can't, uh, can't cap it off any better than that. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us on, on the bod pod and, and best of luck to you and your parenting and, and all your other endeavors. Yeah, guys, Thomas. Um, thank you so much. I mean, you've been doing this for 10 years. Um, you're an inspiration to guys like us. Uh, keep fighting the good fight. And um, man, you're setting the bar high for, for us and for future guests. I mean, thanks. All right, it is time for What's New, Kiddo. This edition is brought to you by Propaganda Coffee. Um, sorry, Rising Star, it's four episodes in. We still have not heard from you, so we switched it up this time. They had their chance. Yeah, we are drinking uh, iced, co- delicious iced coffee from Propaganda. It's a new coffee shop on Detroit Avenue across from Beck Center. Tim, you actually visited this, visited this place. What do you think? Really cool. Uh, great atmosphere. They've got the, you know, kind of like the walk-up counter service area, and they've got a big space for um, for seats, uh, for seating area. I don't know if they're doing, I think they are doing, they have like a, a chef and everything. They're doing food there as well. Uh, cool spot. They had beans there as well that they were selling. I did almost commit a terrible crime, and I almost bought decaf coffee Ooh. there. But it was kind of cool. They had a They had a decaf roast. They had a half-calf. And they had a full caffeine. This isn't a placebo, is it? I assure you that you're getting <laughs> you're getting the drugs here, baby. Okay. You're getting that caffeine. Thank goodness. Um, but great place. Um, definitely hit them up uh, along with the other great coffee shops in Lakewood when you're around. So, yeah. So and, and just remember, if you heard it from us, it's probably propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> they can pick up that line if they want to. That's that's free of charge. Um, Speaking of propaganda, go ahead and uh, give us your what's new, kiddo. What's new, kiddo, on my propaganda. My propaganda, not to sound gross, uh, like we have a gross dirt floor in our house, but um, uh, Mara is now eating everything that she finds on the floor. Uh, We typically do clean. We got one of those, like, robot (laughs) vacuums as well. Um, But uh, Mara does love to show her dad how bad he is at cleaning up after (laughs) mealtime by finding some kind of sliver of of blueberry skin that's been lying near her chair for somewhere between two hours and seven weeks. (laughs) Petrified at some point in time. It just turns into like a piece of dragon glass. Um, uh, She actually found a, a small chunk on our floor the other day um and uh oh yeah <laughs> she actually found a small chunk of our floor uh the other day <laughs> and that's the winner because it's been there uh for just under 100 years oh, uh and anyway it's been inspiring me to find a cleaner home uh, as i strive to prevent my daughter from having food poisoning or passing a stray nail or aluminum foil uh this does remind me though that when i was a kid i did get a penny all the way through my system so maybe it's all just inevitable ouch yeah um, <laughs> several questions about this penny story tim that you really didn't give us many details on um do you still have this penny i don't is it worth more now uh no less inflation <laughs> did the zinc make you, you, you immune to covid i think so and has this experience made you part of the abolish pennies <laughs> movement yeah. uh this experience has nothing to do with it but i i am uh i, I think we can abolish a penny it's worth They're less pretty useless. than it costs to make yeah, yeah. why yeah. not just get rid of the thing then again my my son loves finding cho- uh, spare change on the ground anywhere so um if it's for his amusement i guess we can still have pennies very frugal and responsible with money just like elise <laughs> who, who told you that <laughs> Um, but anyway, Tim, um, no comment there. Uh, I can I can definitely concur about having my children double as household vacuum cleaners. 
Uh, the one saving grace for us is that our dog, Huckleberry, often beats them to the punch with eating stray items off the ground. So uh, dogs over cats every day. Oh, wow. I don't <laughs> agree, but fine. That's fine. Uh, as for me, our new thing is the beautiful game commonly known in our country as soccer. Mm-hmm. I still like to call it football. Football. Yeah. Um, Charlie is starting organized soccer this week with a U4 team, and I somehow got roped last minute into being the head coach. Um, I guess I must have marked on the sign-up sheet that I was interested in being an assistant coach, but the league called recently and made an impassioned plea about how they're shorthanded on coaches, so here I am. Um, I'm excited about this opportunity, but I have a feeling it's going to be uh, more than I bargained for. I, I had to have a background check, which um, I presumably passed. I haven't heard yet. <laughs> Verdict's out. <laughs> um, and I uh, had to take some online courses about concussion protocols and abuse prevention and some, some really serious topics. Um, and I figured my obligation was just a weekly game each Saturday morning, but it turns out I'm supposed to organize a weekly practice for the kids as well. And upon learning that, it immediately made me think of that famous Ellen Iverson interview where he says, practice, practice, you expect me to practice. <laughs> We're not talking about games. We're talking about, about practice, practice, <laughs> practice? Yeah. it's pretty an, classic an all time great, yeah. like sports interview. Just look it up practice and Iverson on YouTube. And if you haven't heard this, but yeah. Um, all complaining aside, I'm, I'm really looking forward to coaching little kids soccer. Um, I'm really hoping when we do have practices that they don't, the parents don't just drop the kid off and they actually stick around. So I'm not in charge of, you know, 10, four year olds. Um, and I hope that I can somehow develop into a, a Ted Lasso of sorts for anyone who's, uh, become a fan of that show. I'm so scared for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which I don't feel bad about saying now publicly on the podcast. Cause we talked about it earlier, but yeah. like that, th- I mean, I feel like it's going to be fine. Everything's going to fall into place. But, like, now you're somehow... It feels like you're responsible for these kids or something, which clearly you aren't. Like, you're just supposed (laughs) to make them, like, run through some cones or something, you know? Yeah. Well, and it kind of gets back to the last episode, Tim. We were talking about um, encouraging our kids in sports but not being too hardcore about it. Right. And um, I have to admit, for the first practice, you know, we we were going to do some sort of icebreaker like Duck, Duck, Goose. But I'm actually leaning instead towards this um, this one icebreaker that... um, one of my coaches um, at a much later age um, had us do, which was a slide tackling practice where you you slide t- you you paired up, you, you slide tackle your opponent, and then you help them up. And as you're lifting them up, you tell them your name, and that's how you that's how you introduce yourself. So then you switch roles and um, switch, then eventually switch partners, and you learn everybody's name that way. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that'll go over well? I think it's a great idea. I think another one, if you wanted to do this the right way, if we talked about this, is just have two a days or three a day practices. Yeah, and encourage the parents to be very involved in their child's like practice and then you'll just have nobody in the league anymore and you can just go home and do whatever you want you Perfect. know <laughs> yeah we were talking about some of the different um coaches throughout you know cinema and tv shows that i could try mm-hmm. to emulate um there were a couple you you thought um, mighty ducks i thought would be a good one to do yeah. um kicking and screaming which i think is will ferrell and then little giants was a personal that's rick moranis i believe was one of the coaches yeah yeah and that that's a that's a personal favorite of mine as well those all sound good to me and i believe the uh, immortal words from the mighty ducks um that the asshole coach were it's not worth winning if you don't win big. <laughs> he had the team chant that. So maybe I'll, I'll borrow that phrase. I think you definitely <laughs> need to do some over-the-top coaches things yeah. here and just really like nail it home to them so that, that uh, competition is everything that matters in their life. Yeah, and especially because they don't even keep score at this age. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Tim and I do keep score, and we both threw a couple punches this episode, you know, with dogs and cats and spouses and uh, <laughs> variety topics. So um, <laughs> it's been fun. It's been a great podcast. We're sorry that it's over now. We really enjoyed it. but uh, We'll try to be back in two weeks, but you never know. Yeah, until then, try not to screw up your kids too bad. Thanks for listening. 
If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe and please leave a review of our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Better Off Dad Pod. The Better Off Dad Pod would like to thank our kids and spouses who are responsible for this show, whether they like it or not. Our theme music was written and produced by David Paulette and is an adaptation of the song Alien by Zero to Infinity. Give them a listen on Spotify. Special thanks to Sam Painter and thanks to you, loyal listener of the Bod Pod. Until next time, remember, our kids are our future. Let's try not to screw them up too much. <laughs>